I just guy. said, listen, just take some photos of me at the end. Cause, and yeah, anyway, we won't put it all that in. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome to Maker and Creator, the podcast about creativity and culture and how it affects us. My name is Jai Smith, and joining me, as always, every week is the enigmatic Alex Adams. Would you have it any other way? No, I would not. I know it's our second night in a row. I know. This double header, double header. Yeah, yeah getting ahead good. of things. Yeah, getting, getting ahead, ahead of things. <laughs> um, now, Jai, I know that you're a man of style. Not right now, but yeah. yeah. I think yeah, you you know you love getting your hair done at a high end barber and. Thank you, you Renee. Own a, a stylish motorbike. I do now. Yes, mm. as of recently. But you've always been into stylish motorbikes. You love good whiskey and craft beer. And you always have the latest technology in your custom-made leather man bag. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot you knew about that. I know. And I'm pretty sure you even moisturize. So I think... <laughs> wow, all my secrets are done <laughs> and I am another hipster jerk in Surrey Hills. Well, because, you know, on the podcast, people can't actually see you. So I'm just mm. trying to paint an image for our listeners. So I think you're going to really love today's guest. My mate Brent Wilson is one of Sydney's most successful menswear designers. He owns a flagship store in the galleries. Maya and David Jones both carry his label. And he's been crowned GQ Designer of the Year in the past. Wow. And he's even been on the cover of DNA Magazine. He's I like, know, I need to look this up. Totally shred. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Brent. Hey, guys. Hi. Good. Is it weird why you just sit there while we talk yeah. about you in the third person? <laughs> oh, I kind of like it. Yeah. <laughs> keep, keep going. Keep going. Tell me more. <laughs> tell me more about how awesome I am. Um, so, Brent, tell us a little bit about how you started your business, Brent Wilson, which is named after you. Um, and Did you come up with the name first? You know? <laughs> That's where I really want to get stuck in. Very difficult. And what inspired you to become a designer uh, and start oh. your business? Okay. Well, I've always liked design, whether it be fashion design, interior design, um, architecture. Uh, so at school, I obviously gravitated towards those kind of subjects. Um, I actually left school when I was 16 and did an electrical apprenticeship. Really? So you so, were an electrician? Yes. I know, mind blown, right? Really? Were you? No, no. Oh, okay, he's I, like, I was really. I was too. <laughs> I was too. No, no. These hands only use keyboards. These are. <laughs> yeah, so I left school when I was sixteen. Uh, to be honest, school wasn't really for me. So mm. getting out in the workforce was amazing. Kind of taught me a really good work ethic, which um, I think has carried on today. Um, but did my first year, three years of the electrical apprenticeship, and then I kind of realised, listen, this isn't really for me. I couldn't really see myself doing it long term. Whilst I did love it, I love the people that I worked with. It just wasn't the kind of creative creative outlook I was I was looking for. So well, it's quite functional, isn't it? It's, it's it is. I mean, I, listen, I still tinker. Not tinker, but I still have the knowledge in a small part today. Yeah. Like in terms of you know when we got our store renovated or built, like I kind of have an understanding of how the building industry works. Um, Cause again, I worked in the industry for four years. So, you know, no one's going to pull the wool over my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bloody 24 yeah. bowl, that one. No, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Um, yeah. So I just knew it wasn't really for me and I took some holidays, mm-hmm. literally <laughs> from being an electrician. And I 
went fashion week were having a you could go in and um like What's, trial intern uh, like any inter yeah intern like, in, like in, help in, out like be a hel- yeah. helper like, oh, volunteer. Okay. volunteer 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's a long day okay. Okay. Like, it's pictionary what <laughs> act it out give us some syllables <laughs> a volunteer listen it has been a long day for everyone that's listening it is like in the evening I had a long day at work <laughs> and a thimble full of gin in yes the- and they're trying to get me boozed um, <laughs> yeah so anyway I I decided to volunteer um, for fashion week and. I believe Fashion Week's changed a lot from what it used to be. But back in the day, like Fashion Week was, it was massive. You didn't have all the big international designers that you have here. And the Australian fashion industry was um, was kind of going off. The designers were seen as like somewhat celebrities mm. and the industry was just buzzing. So anyway, I um, volunteered at uh, Fashion Week. And from the moment I got there... Yeah, it was amazing. Um, funnily enough, I was in the crowd talking to some girls, <laughs> as you do, and um, this guy points at me and, you know, you over there. And I'm like, okay, great. And everything's going through my head because I'm like, how do I tell my parents that I got kicked out from volunteering? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it just so happens this amazing man called Matthew, who was one of the head guys at uh, Fashion Week at the time, came over to me and said, listen, you're the only person that was having any fun, big smile on his face, you're with me for the rest of the week. So for the whole week, I didn't have to wear the little volunteers t-shirts or anything like that. And this guy took me and introduced me to all the designers, um, took me to all the after parties and really kind of included me in this new industry that I wanted to be a part of. Whoa. From there, why? Like, wh- why did he do that for you? Like, what? Just because I, I, I don't know. It was just <laughs> listen. I'm not a big believer in fate, but I was just mm. in the right place at the right time with the right attitude. Right. So yeah, I it's guess. the right attitude thing, though. You know, if you, not everyone yeah. could have had that opportunity if they were sitting, if they, you know, had resting bitchy face or they were moping yeah. in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, especially yeah, volunteering. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's kind of where where it went, and we went to. I remember we went to. Many fashion shows during that week, um, but we went to the Wayne Cooper show and went to the after party and I met Wayne and I just had a great time and a, and a good feeling like I'm a straight guy in the fashion industry and he was a straight guy and he had a love of cars. So we had a lot of those like similar interests um, and I basically asked if I could do some work experience with him. Mm, so right. again, I took a little bit more time off work, um, some more used some more of my holidays and I did a week's work experience at the Wayne Cooper head office. Wow. Just basic running around, getting coffees, you know, but I, I, I really enjoyed it. Like I liked the buzz. Um, like I said, the industry was really different to what it is today. Um, yeah, I absolutely loved it. And from there, I also got on with everyone that worked for him as well. It was right. like this nice little family. Um, so. Because I guess notoriously the, the, the fashion industry kind of has the, the other slant I, I knew coming up through PR that anyone who worked in the fashion side of PR it was always seen as quite quite a volatile industry, or quite hostile at times. Is that kind of the the change you're seeing happening, or or have you not experienced that? And I'm just um, talking to the listen, wrong people. Listen, when when I went with Wayne, like I said, like it was very different and a very kind of family mm. kind of feel. Mm. I mean, his sister worked there; they were all friends. They That's all great. went out together. They worked together. Like you know, they they worked hard, but they played hard, kind of yep. thing. So. <laughs> 
you know, and I, I was young too. Like I was only what nineteen. Wow. Oh, wow. So because remember, I left school when I was fifteen and a yeah. half. So okay. you know, I'm a kid, and there's these. You know, people that I'm working for, and I don't know, they were cool. <laughs> you know, what I thought was cool anyway. So, you know, I'm very young, impressionable, and and also too, they were very welcoming to me. Yeah. And I don't know if it was because of my attitude, or also too, you got to remember, I worked for three or four years before this, so I had a really good work ethic. So yeah. I'm in there, and I'm, you know, is there anything else you want me to do? Can I do this? Can I do that? Yeah. And again, they really, um, you know, talked to me, and we got on really well, and. I did my week's work experience and from there I, of course, asked them if there was a job and there, there, unfortunately there wasn't. Um, but I stayed in touch with them. Like mm. I'm a big believer in you don't get unless you ask. Yeah. Mm. So every week I'd ring up and stay in touch and, hey, guys, it's Brent here and, hey, Brent, how are you? <laughs> I just kind of go on like that and it happened, you know, for several weeks and, I think, you know, a month passed, two months passed, and I remember being at home and my brother's like, oh, by the way, um, Wayne Cooper Electrical called about a job or <laughs> something. <laughs> and I'm like, and from there I've decided that I don't want to be an electrician, so this is several months later, and that basically I, I think I, oh, that's right, I got a job at Volcom, the surf and skate yep. label. So I got a job at Volcom just like bottom run, you know, like bottom run of the ladder and just was working there in the design room. And when I say design room, like sweeping up and stuff, you know, <laughs> like no pen to paper, no design. I was in the room. Where yeah. it happens. <laughs> I saw people doing <laughs> these things. I saw people doing it. Did I you sharpen doing... a pencil or, you know, get some <laughs> hey, listen, uh, I didn't go that far. Graduated. I, <laughs> I started at the bottom. <laughs> I picked up the shavings. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I was like, no, I don't do that anymore. You know, I'm in the, I'm in the fashion industry. Anyway, I was asleep that night. Well, I was trying to go to sleep and um, trying to fall asleep. And I'm like, Wayne Cooper Electrical. I go into my brother's room. I'm like, is it Wayne Cooper? And he's like, I don't know. Uh-huh. Anyway, the next day I rung Wayne and I'm like, oh, hey, uh, it's Brent. And yeah, oh, I didn't think you wanted the job. Your brother was like really dismissive. Oh, and I'm like, oh. oh, no. Anyway, I went in that day, had an interview, and he's basically like, do you know how to um, sample cut? And I'm like, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sample like, cutting okay. all day. <laughs> Perfect. He's like, okay, great. Well, when can you start? And I'm like, well, I'll give my notice at my other job. And because I, I listen, I love Volcom. And again, like they were really open and warm to me, but there was somewhere where I wanted to be. Yeah. Anyway, so. Yeah, I went and got I got a job at Wayne Cooper and that was it. Now you got to remember too. So what like, is sample cutting? Because yeah, I was making did you have to sample cutting? Because I was about okay, to, and I'm so like, maybe you'll tell us. Everyone that was working there or wanted to work there, like at the time, there was like the White House School of Design. There mm-hmm. was East Sydney TAFE. I'm pretty sure they're still around and everything. And a lot of the people had done like you know a three year course and then they've gone and you know working in the design room like as a sample cutter or as you know an assistant or this or that so i've gone in and i've taken over the role of someone that's been at east sydney tafe for three years and they've worked sample cutting for two and a half years and now they're starting their own label i didn't know what i was doing (laughs) (laughs) asked a few questions but by the end of it my second week they're like you're heaps quicker than the other guy you like i was just whizzing through my work but what is sample cutting? Yeah, what is sample cutting? <laughs> so basically, you've got, you got, got, got the design room um, yep. and you've got to cut the samples. So a of garment's Samples made, of material? Material. Okay, so yeah. when I say material, so the pattern maker will be there, make the patterns. So yeah. the designer will speak to the pattern maker 
And that's the when they do the outline the, first. The, the pattern maker will make patterns yeah. of, you know, I want a dress that looks like this. Okay, well, I'll make a pattern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd get that pattern piece, put it on the sample bit of fabric. Yep. That's going to make that dress. Uh, I cut around that pattern and then I tie it in a thing, put it all together and give it to the machinist and they'd make the sample. Uh, so that's how it works. So you actually had to know a little bit of pattern making in terms of because a pattern... Like bleeds and stuff. Uh, just putting it on grain, off grain, on the bias, oh, like all of this kind of technical stuff. <laughs> <laughs> People in the industry yeah, know, yeah. like me now. <laughs> I'm going to use a lot of big words, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I did that and that was it. So how did I get into this industry? That's how I got into the industry. How did I start my own label? Well, just like I did my work experience, I was basically really annoying. Um, And I just immersed myself in this industry and with the company and with the people. So after work, like I'd ask the pattern maker, I learned how to pattern make from working there. Hmm. Right. Like this is a course that you normally do. Am I the best pattern maker? No, but I understand it. Yeah. Um, You know, when they were choosing models, I kind of made myself available too. <laughs> you know, I've, I've, I've looked at women before. Yeah, I, I can do um, so again, like they'd be like everyone had gone home and they're, they're, you know, they've got the castings. I'm like, can I, what are you doing here, Brent? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd stay and like watch how that was done. So I'd immerse myself. They were choosing fabrics. I'd stay behind. I was like, you know, the first to get there, last to leave, like, you know, Wayne left. And I just kept asking to do more and more and, like some things like I'd ask and, you know, I definitely think it'd be, you know, I wouldn't be taken seriously, but yeah, yeah, okay, Brent, yeah, if you are, yeah, okay. Like he was going down to do Fashion Week at Melbourne. I'm like, can I come with you? He's like, no. <laughs> I'm like, he's like, mate, I'm not even taking my sister down. She works for the business. I'm like, I'll just take holidays. Can I come down then? Okay, if you want. <laughs> so I did. Yeah. So I went down with him. So yeah. I'm hanging down with the boss. The owner and you know immersing myself in the business and i don't know like i even now like i wouldn't say i'm like the best designer or you know the smartest person in the room but i definitely you know take advantage of you know situations i'm in or i ask a lot don't ask don't get that's it that's you know don't be scared like what's the worst that someone can say no yeah it's not that bad yeah so again like i just that's kind of, kind of when, and then from there. But Wayne um, Cooper's, a, uh, he designs for women, right? Uh, he did menswear at the oh, time as well. he was doing well. menswear? Yeah. Okay. Again, like the business was very different to what it is today. Again, I, I'm not really um, up to speed, like, you know, as of today, this moment, what mm. he's doing. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's been, you know, 15 years plus since I've worked for him. Um, but at the time, you know, he had like, what, stores all around Australia. He's yeah. in David Jones. He was showing in New York. Like, you know, it was really different. Yeah. And you've got to understand, like, you know, he was, like, on search for a supermodel. Like, these designers at the time were pretty much seen as celebrities. You yeah. remember, like, Wayne Cooper, mm. Peter Morrissey, you yeah. know, like, Colette Dinnigan, and all of these big, you know, Australian, you know, fashion designers and the name and, you know, in the industry. It was, it was huge. And like I said, it was just very different. How has it changed from your perspective? Oh, listen, like, I mean... What are the major differences? I mean, everything's different. I mean, you even look at the way... Like, like fast business. fashion is more no, prevalent? Not only that, it's kind of always look, been Like there. everything's a lot more accessible now. So, okay. And not only with purchasing clothes, but you look, okay, back in the day when you were like doing your PR and marketing, you had to have a, someone, 
an agency that was doing it for you. Yeah. And they had to have the relationships with magazines. And then you had to speak to the people and the editors and you had to – how would people see your stuff? you get it in magazines. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't right. see it on Instagram. Instagram right. didn't exist. You know, like whereas now, like, you know, to get a website built, how hard was that? You yeah. can do it yourself now. I, I made, I've made my own website. Yeah. I right. do all my own PR and marketing. You know, if I want someone to see my stuff, I put it on Facebook, I put it on Instagram. Like, it, it, it's totally and utterly changed. Right. Like, you, like, back in the day, like, you know, to get fabrics, you had to go to, like, fabric mills and, like, get them uh, to, like, it was completely different. Like, even, like, when I first started my label, I was producing stuff here in Australia. Mm. You know, the prices, the costs involved. People were also prepared to spend a lot more on certain items as well. Yeah. Like I was selling shirts for like $250. You know, now I'm selling for $100. Right. right. You know, people aren't willing to pay. You know, people are more savvy like in in all areas like consumers, like um, companies. So... So talk us through kind of like Brent Wilson today. Like what what is your... What are your hero ranges and products and and what's the experience that you kind of want to deliver to your customers? Because as you said, like the, the the proliferation of social media, kind of the, the fact that anyone can get an audience, the fact that, you know, anyone can learn things now through kind of big platforms like YouTube, et cetera. What, what kind of sets your experience apart? What kind of drives your experience versus other brands? Can I, before you do that, there's a quote that I read somewhere, a magazine was mm. reviewing a store and they said, um, stepping inside Sydney's Brent Wilson store is like visiting an old friend for the first time. And I thought that was really Yeah, cool. it was huge. So yeah. that kind of ties in with your question yeah. about, you know, how have you created that experience? Well, that, that's very true. And again, the, the brand's evolved a lot since we first started. Right. So again, getting like kind of back to this question, the one kind of before. So when we first started, like you'd wholesale the brand and, there's a lot of boutiques, like men's boutiques, where you'd wholesale a brand to them and you weren't really dealing with people directly. And like even when we had the store and we opened our first store or in David Jones or Meyer, we just got a whole lot of product, which I designed, like these nice collections. I guess they must have been nice when mm-hmm. people were buying and purchasing them. But you could have anyone selling them and if people liked the product, they'd buy it and that was it. Yeah. Like there was no really personal um attachment like because people would only from what they saw in maybe a magazine or this that or the other but whereas now like and what i believe is like there's so many and this is why i think so many australian brands have gone under or aren't doing well and i think saying oh the environment's hard it's such a cop out like that that's what i personally believe Mm. because we've we've evolved we've evolved to give people what they want and what they want isn't only good product at a good price, but they want an experience as well. So they want to come in and they want to know the people. Like, you think you could put your money anywhere. Mm. Okay, so, and this is what I say to my staff as well. So you could go in and you could spend your money like with me or you could spend it with the guy down the road. Yeah. And we've both probably got the same product. You know, like we're selling suits, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel. Yeah. Um. You know, his store is probably really well presented as well. But if you've got the chance to go into one store and there's just some random uni kid like, you know, looking on his phone and, you know, not really that invested in the sale. Or if you come into my store, hey, Alex, how are you? Oh, you you know, it was great seeing you the other week. Or how's that suit that you bought off me? So we're, we're building relationships with customers. So 
not only me, but my staff as well. Mm. So yeah, it is like, and that's what people want these days. Like I know I invest in brands like, you know, I'm like an avid um, motorbike rider and, you know, car enthusiast. And I gravitate towards the brands where I get the best experience. Mm. Mm. Because again, like a lot of these cars, like zero to a hundred in X amount of seconds, like they're, they're quite... Well, it's all ubiquitous, right? It's it's still similar, it's either like, faster, it's a different color, yeah, and now they're all know, just like as fast. people are buying like into the experience, into the lifestyle, and yeah. I think you know a lot of these brands that have gone under lately, like they don't have that, mm. like they don't, like they're just a brand which you can buy in any street corner. They got it in like Paddington, they got it in like you know Surrey Hill. They, they've got it on every corner, and like what makes it different? Yeah, mm. especially you know? with something like, like suits, you know, which have you know, long, anything. Yeah. So, and especially suiting, I mean, it has to be more so because I mean, with a suit, like, unless you know your measurements and this, that, and the other, like, it's such a personal thing wearing a suit, like a personal experience, because I mean, it's not just something you just buy online. That's what I was going to ask. How, how much of your sales is online versus in store? Hardly any. What do you mean? Hardly any online? Hardly any online. Oh, it's all online. Yeah. So people we might get see... a lot of people going to our website yeah. and mm. a lot of people coming into store. Like when we first started, I don't know if we're on air or off air, but when we were speaking before, like a lot of people going to my Instagram into onto the website and they've yeah. got a really good idea or indication what they want. Like, cause people are doing research now too. Yeah. Like mm. screenshotting, like whether it might, might be my brand and other brand, like, Hey, do you know what you're after? And the more questions we ask, the more answers we get from the customer, the better experience we'll give them and the closer we get to giving them exactly what they want. So so what's the experience like? Because I've, well, I have bought suits in the past, but lady suits. Uh, what's it like <laughs> buying a man suit? A man suit. <laughs> a man Tell suit. me about a man suit. Tell me about man suits. What's that experience like? Would you like for me? Yeah. So the last bespoke suit I had made was actually just in February. And I had the same thing where I'm like, I was in Hong Kong at the time and I'm like, I really can't be bothered going in there and getting pushed in and out of the other door. Like I just wanted to sit there. I wanted to ask every question that came into my head, but I wanted to do it in a way that was, yeah, because like a lot of the stuff I, I like, I really love and I'm so into it. I'm an anorak about most things. But with suiting, it was a recommendation from a friend, number one, a uh, guy I used to work with as well. Mm-hmm. And what he was really talking to me about, he's like, come in. He's like, you've got all the time in the world. There's no rush. But also, if you want to get sit through bits and pieces quicker, you can. And you can have as much custom or as little custom as you want. And I'm like, I want everything custom. I, want, I said, I want to pick the thread on everything. Wow. Like, I just want to go through it. I want to take my time. And I want to make sure that I've got enough time to ask all my questions. Like, with traveling so much and kind of like you know drinking on and off so often I'm like, i just want to see it's flexible that i can wear i said i just want one i just want one three piece and i just want to i want a window pane pattern and that's all i know what to start with and so wow, for me you, was, re- you really knew what you wanted yeah but i also didn't i knew okay. enough to know what i wouldn't want once i was in there to know how frustrated i'd get over and over again um, so I ended up walking away and, you know, really happy with it. Uh, only went to a couple of fittings. Like it was, it was quite quick that way. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I love that suit now. I just, with my job, I actually don't really get a chance to wear yeah. it at all. Okay. So yeah, you do go in and then with your, in your store, do you go, okay, well, like they pick the, the same, fabric. It's the and, same just yeah. as was said, but you know, it's our job to ask those questions mm. and find out how much little yeah. help the customer needs or wants or not little like how much how much how much or how much little 
yeah, how much or little help they want. So some customers want to know a lot. Some yeah. customers just want to come in and just some customers don't care if they're part of a some part of a bridal party. Yeah. They're like, what do you think? They're like, Well, I don't care. Yeah. So, you know, we'll <laughs> push them and help <laughs> them steer them in the right direction. But again, yeah. you've got to there's, there's no, so, there, I mean, there's so much to take into account, like in terms of, you know, like where's what are they wearing it for? What's their personality like? You know, like are they conservative? Are they a little bit more forward? Uh, like where are they going to wear the suit? Like there's so much, and you just got to ask the right questions. As with anything, like if you're delivering a website or if you know mm. you're doing an event, like yeah. you, you've got to understand what, and you've got to you know. Um, like mold to that specific customer, you know, on a daily basis. Because, you know, if you're pushing them into something that's just not their look or the feel they're going to feel uncomfortable with, like they're not going to have any confidence in yeah. you or your product. Um, so it, it just varies. And that's all part of, you know, our business, like reading the customers and understanding them and, not just them, not just being another number, you know, like mm. it being a really personal experience for everyone and everyone is different. So that's, I guess the old friend, um, you know, quote, uh, that, that's what we really try and push, uh, with the brand and the experience in store. You mentioned before that you do do a lot of your business yourself. So you do your PR and marketing, you even built your own website. How do you balance creativity, your creative mind with the business mind? Because some people are really creative but hopeless when it comes to numbers and business and other people are like so business numbers focused and they, you know, when it comes to any sort of creativity. But you have both. <coughs> How do yeah, you balance I mean, that? It's a lot more numbers and business to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like without a doubt. Like when I first started, like, like I, I don't know if I keep saying it too often but, you know, the business has really changed from when we first started. We were a fashion brand doing um, fashion goods, mm-hmm. like fashion forward pieces as well. Yeah. Like expensive fashion forward pieces. If I was still doing that, I wouldn't be in business. Right. Like that's the reality. We were wholesaling to boutiques. Then we were wholesaling to David Jones, uh, Maya. Like we were in every David Jones store. Yeah. We were selling, you know, product and it was like throughout Australia. Yeah. yeah. But again, like that's not what people want from us anymore, mm. you know, and we've, you know, moved the brand in other directions. So now we're giving the customers what they want from us, which is more of a unique bespoke feel with our custom suiting service. We also do off the rack, mm-hmm. yeah. but we do it in more of like a limited edition way. And then also too, oh, that's good. we no longer stock in David Jones. We no longer stock in Maya. I will scrap my intro. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we did all of that, but okay. I was the one that, pulled out of those department stores because again like I, I just knew that it wasn't going in the right direction wow that's a like hard it, call to make it was a massive call it was probably one of the biggest i've ever made yeah um but i think you got time, it so right it was difficult. as well How long I, now was that? I, I did yeah. um maybe a year and a half ago okay. two, wow. two years from Maya. um again it was the hardest decision because i spent all of these like you know 10 years building this thing this machine and like this business, this company. And you know, that, that's where I saw it. That was my vision. That yeah. I'm going to have a, like a, a business, you know, that's going to be, you know, at the time I was like international. We had, yeah. we're in 26 David Jones stores. We're in our Maya stores. We had a wholesale business in the United States with, I think 50 stockers accounts. Wow. 
So it was a very different business to what it is today. So now we've got one retail store. Wow. I was just there today. I should have popped in. So <laughs> again, it's changed. But at the moment, like, it's changed so much. But if we didn't do that, like, I think we'd be in the same position as many other companies, which is gone. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. That's the reality of it. Like, people didn't want that from us. And I, I slowly started seeing it. And I was just smart enough, I guess, to... To change the direction. Yeah. Again, it was very difficult, uh, especially when you work for it so hard for something, mm. but it had to be done. And now, like, you know, we're getting a lot of write-ups and I, well, from what I hear, like, you know, I'm just going from what I hear, but, you know, people, and also too, like, we've had that store in the galleries for, this is the 12th year. This is the best year we've ever had. Really? Wow. Yeah. Like up 30% on last year. Really? And That's this is huge. people saying... That retail is tough at the moment. Yeah. Retail is tough if you're not doing it right. Yeah. Like that's the reality. Old retail is tough, right? That's it. That's it. Like, but if you, you know, adapt to the market and give people what they want, you know, and I, I hear in the industry too, I hear a lot of people complaining, but there's people doing really well yeah. across every industry, you know? Well, we spoke to, um, and that was the, the barbershop reference, but we spoke to uh, Renee Beltov about, kind of men's fashion, men's grooming, kind of men's luxury, that mm. that's a category that's only going to triple and then five times in mm. the next 10 years. Mm. So I, I kind of agree with you. And I think it's about understanding what are those new wants and needs, you know, and, and it isn't, you know, trying to be fitted for a certain Maya is, is, is all like my can skin. Kind of. You, you get off the rack. <laughs> we and we can, were doing it in Maya. Yeah. We had to also too, we weren't getting the right customer in there. It's either. not. It's, like it's It wasn't the right customer. And then, the experience, our customers that were going in there that we wanted weren't getting the experience. No. I mean, I had staff up there that were telling me they were at work. They weren't even there. Really? Oh, <laughs> like, it was very hard to manage. Like, you know, again, that's probably up to me as, you know, the, the owner at the time. Like, maybe I didn't manage them properly. But, again, it just was, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just not the right experience. Um, you know, certain things were hard to control. And, again, not putting the blame on anyone. Like, yeah. But, yeah, it was very hard to work up in that Maya environment, especially when, you know, they've got a very different direction to what you've got. Yeah. And th there's a certain level of accessibility to your brand. Like it's still very premium, but I think there's something around just from what I've read online, et cetera, and now coming meeting you that it is that idea of how do you deliver, and maybe you can comment on this, how do you deliver luxury that is still accessible in a way that kind of makes makes people feel comfortable because if you if if you the old adage was always the luxury is built on exclusivity mm. but now i think there is something else to it where luxury and kind of those aspirational brands are about accessibility at the moment in terms of they need to be attainable mm. and kind of what you're saying before in terms of going to maya is is not luxury enough but kind of going into an individual store suddenly has a very different feel on it and I'm really coming back to to what you're saying about that old friend feel. Like that, mm. that is a. Re I think that's a nirvana for most brands to try yeah. and get to. It, what 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 are the like kind of take home messages that you say to your staff? Like it's it's very easy for us to talk here, you know, kind of armchair talking about your staff, like for me and Alex. But what are the kind of the directions you give them to to say their experience? What are those experience pointers? Oh, listen. I mean, the people I work with to start with. I mean, they they're great. You know, like just straight off the bat, like they care. You know, right. They're invested in the brand. They're invested in the business. So, I mean, that's number one. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you've got people that don't care from the start, I mean, you can tell them anything yeah. and it's just not going to happen. So, you know, surrounding yourself with the right people, mm -hmm. you know, um, and just like we're talking today, like 
you know, for this conversation where it's we're talking about customers, the experience, you know, it's the same with staff too. Like it's how I interact with them. Like they don't work for me. We work together. Yeah. You know, we all bring something different to the table and that's what we talk about and all the time. Like we have dinners together and, you know, we're creating not only a lifestyle or community um, for our customers, but we're creating it in store as well for the staff because you think about it like you're at work, like how many hours do you work every day? Like eight hours? Mm. I mean, I I can tell you now, like if I don't like the people I'm working with, like there's no way I'm going to turn up to for eight hours of work, be in a good mood and give a good service. So everyone's friendly. Like everyone gets on. Like there's some things. And I think also too, like, you know, I've been very lucky. I've been able to retain the same staff for an extended period of time. And, you know, we know each other's strengths and weaknesses. And I think we're a little bit forgiving to one another, you know, for those weaknesses. And we see each other's strengths. And, you know, there's definitely praise that's thrown around a lot because I tell you what, these guys work, yeah, work hard. So again, like I think that experience isn't only for the customer, but it's also for the people in the business as well. And I mean, how many businesses now, like you look at Google or you know, whatever it might be, that's about creating this amazing workspace because that then overflows to your customer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, I wanted to ask you about putting yourself uh, at, at the forefront of your brand, essentially. So, you know, Brent Wilson, um, there's no hiding behind that. That's your name. Mm. Um, there's also your Instagram. I love it, Mr. Brent Wilson. And you do all your own modeling. So you're all in all the shots with your suits. Was that a conscious decision to make it feel more personable? Uh, mm. You know, how come you put your brand, how come you okay, put yourself so, so much in your brand? Um, to start with, Going back to the very beginning, you know, when I was talking about, you know, these Australian designers, these iconic Australian designers when mm. I first started, I mean, you look at them like Wayne Cooper, Peter Morrissey, yeah, Colette yeah. Dinigan, like they were all their brand. Mm. So it just happened that way, I guess. In terms of me being the face of the brand now, that happened organically. So we did like a lot of shoots with models and you know these photographers and you know we had an agency doing the pr and marketing and it was all, it's all very expensive you know mm. a model for the day x amount you know the photographer you know the pr and marketing agency who's doing all your marketing um it happened organically by you know instagram came along and you know there was freed up a little bit of money and then you know we were doing the shoots and then i think i put like one or two photos of myself in there just and it just slowly evolved when people wanted to see that i mean with the product i've given people what they want you know Mm. we've gone to a smaller boutique style business same with the marketing i mean i did the photos of myself and that's what people were like like genuinely liking and commenting on and interacting with and it just evolved like that and long term now it's great like you know i do a shoot i do it myself yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's no paying anymore. Yeah. So, and and people were pretty lucky too. that people yeah. liked it. I mean, you saved yourself yeah. so much money. But it's not it. even saving the money. Like, oh. I think people have that personal connection with me now as well. Yeah. So, and when they walk in the store and they see you, it must be quite yeah, almost surreal. I mean, they, they, <laughs> I'm Brent. The, yeah, mm. but I mean, I'm just 
a guy trying to sell a suit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I like, think that's the uh, our header for him. Yeah, because they're trying to sell a suit. But yeah, like there's a girl standing in front of a guy. But there's that there's that connection. Like, and people like I get a lot of like my Instagram. Um, you know, is, is fantastic for us as a marketing tool, and it's also a really nice way that you know I can interact with people. Um, on a daily basis, I get a lot of people. And again, like when I say I'm trying to sell a suit, I'm not. I'm not just trying to do that. Yeah. Because yeah, if yeah. I was doing that, I could do it in a uh, a lot different way. But it's <laughs> a, for me, it's about sharing my passion. Yep. Um, and what I believe. I, I, well, listen, I've done it for such an extended period. I think what is it that hundred hour rule or something? You finally get good at. I think I'm good at what I do. Yeah, ten thousand. I've been doing. Yeah, I've been doing it for such a long period of time. I genuinely think I'm. There's a lot of things I'm really bad at. <laughs> so I'm not just here telling everyone how good I am. Like, I genuinely think I'm, I'm good at, yeah, p- putting a guy a suit together. Like I think I, I can do it well, and people see me for that, and they'll go onto my Instagram and they ask me questions, and I I reply to everyone. Yeah. Because yeah. again, like I want to be helpful. Like why not, right? So. Well, I think I'm definitely going to buy a suit before the end of this month again. So. Yeah, you need it to works. go and check out the suit. <laughs> Look, it's working it now. Yeah. I'm buying a suit again. Hey, old friend. <laughs> <laughs> what drives you personally? Um, Open-ended questions. Money. money, is it recognition? Is it what, what drives you? It's um, well, a bit of a hard question. Oh, Depends on what day, I guess. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Like, listen, like I definitely... Because running your own business is tough. I mean, there's there's days where, you know, I've certainly thought, the, the oh, reckon... it'd be nice to get a paycheck from someone else. So, you know, what... Yeah. But getting out of bed and there's something so I fulfilling that, about having your I own think business. That, that recognition. Um, yeah. Like, on a small... When I say a small scale, like, like I got a the direct message, like, yesterday. I get them quite often, actually, just... You know, I really love what you do. Like when someone says that to you, you're like, I don't know, it makes me feel good about yeah. what I'm doing. And the fact that like, I don't know, people like what I'm doing. Like it's quite a compliment. Yeah. yeah. Like it really is. Like, listen, the money's great. Like in terms of, you know, it gives me a certain lifestyle with my wife and it allows me to listen. I don't need to be the richest person, but I, yeah. you know, happiness is very important for me. And you know, that happiness, yeah, it comes through my work as well. So yeah. I'd probably say that the recognition and the joy. Yeah. yeah. And surely the fact that, you know, like you're making something, yeah. making and creating well, something. That's what I like as well. Like, you see people, you know, they're at the races or a man going to for mm. an interview or someone yeah. standing up there at their wedding. Like you, you've created something well, that, that will be used in making memories. At the end of the day, people can go into any store. People work hard for their money. That's number mm. one. And people with that money can go into any store and buy any product they want. They choose to come into my store and they choose to buy a suit from me. Yeah. Mm. And when they say that it's been a good experience and they love what they've got on and it's brought them joy and happiness, like, I don't know, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, it makes me feel really good about myself. Like, it really does. Like, I'm not curing cancer or anything like that. But, <laughs> but you know, it's the still fact a very that, personal like, people, choice and, you know, like I had a guy, I did their wedding the other day and the guy was so happy and he's just like, oh my God, like just the smile on his yeah. face. And I was like, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. And that's no, really cool. It. Like it, and it does, it makes me feel good about my job and what I do. 
And, um, you know, going back to it, putting my name on it, I think, um, you know, the reason why I do care so much, like my name is on that. Yeah. You know, I'm so particular with how the clothes are made because I don't know, that's a reflection on me as a person. Yeah. And the, and I said, there's no hiding behind anything. Yeah. Well, and that's what I say to my staff, like you guys, like also too, and you're in there, like, you know, the experience that they're having with you, like, it's an extension of who I am. Yeah. You know, like it is yeah. that's their first you're the first point of call for the brand, like for the experience, for my name. So mm. yeah. I love it. Uh, are there any is there any advice that you would give to anyone who's looking to start in the fashion industry? Mm, yeah, probably run now. You know, any industry is difficult. You know, mm. I've got guys that have got their own business, like, you know, developers or real estate agents or lawyers. Like, you know, it's such a cop-out, like, when people are like, oh, this industry is so difficult or hard. Like, what a, what a television, like, mm. you know, acting, like, singing. Like, it's all, oh, I reckon that's, well, probably really 10 hard. times, yeah. But, I mean, anything can be difficult or hard, like. But yeah. maybe start an internship or volunteer. Yeah, like, you've you got to be savvy. Like, that that's my number one piece of advice. And when I say you've got to be savvy is try and surround yourself and immerse yourself with the right people and learn as much as you possibly can. Mm. There's ways of doing things, like learn from other people's mistakes. Yeah. Like, again, I've made heaps. And I've also learned from other people's mistakes as well. Mm. You know, I'm very um open to you got to watch and learn and listen like when you put all those things together it's surprising how much you can kind of take in and how much knowledge you can absorb um yeah but just be savvy like don't just jump into things like learn what you need to learn like i've had people like this is people are clever like people have asked me how would they start it i could give Honestly, I could give someone a, a 10 step guide of how to do something. Mm. Mm. And I, I've helped people put fashion labels together yeah. in like a very easy, quick, inexpensive way. Mm. Mm. Like it's not rocket science. Like mm. it's really not. But you've got to, again, you've got to be savvy and you've got to work for it because yeah. man, if you think this is easy, if you think anything's easy, it's not. <laughs> like it's not. It just takes time and yeah. effort and a lot of it. But if you put all of that in and then you're savvy and you've listened to someone, you, you put it all together, you, you'll do it easily. When I say savvy too, like just think, just remember everything costs money to do. Mm. So the more things you do yourself, the less you have to pay someone else. The less you have to pay someone else, the less money you've got to turn over. So you might actually have a successful business. <laughs> <laughs> That's very savvy. I love it. I love it too. Brent, thank you so much for taking the time to have a bit of a chat with us. People want to follow you on Instagram. It's at Mr. Brent Wilson. That's it. Yeah, and the website, brentwilson.com.au. That's it. Wonderful. And thank you guys for listening. Do you know anyone out there who's making or creating something worth sharing? Um, Perhaps you want to tell us how great our show is or maybe you want to tell us how bad it is. If that's the case, don't contact us. But if you want to tell us how great it is, um, you can get in touch with Jai Smith on Instagram or me, Ms. Darlinghurst, MS Darlinghurst. We'd love to hear from you either way. And if you think a friend would love this show, why don't you recommend them an episode that they might like? Just pick a topic, send it over to them and see what they think. 
Yeah. And I was also going to say, if you're tuning in for the first time, be sure to check out our other episodes on iTunes and Spotify. We've got lots of different... We've done so many now. There's (laughs) amazing topics on anything you can really think of. (laughs) So have a look through, scroll through the uh, the other episodes and check it out. Cool. That's it. Thanks. Thanks, Brent. Thanks, guys. Thank you. (laughs) 